Hello friends and welcome back to the intro. This is your host, Matt Delavalle, aka MDV, and I'm joined today on the show by my very good friend, a co-worker, a peer, somebody who I look up to with a tremendous amount of respect for everything that she does, Arielle Bloom. Now, aka Bloom is a person who is filled with positivity, purpose, and life. And not only is she an absolute stud of a coach, she's a stud of an athlete, she's a stud of human being, but she's also an absolutely thriving entrepreneur in a brand new business which she built from the ground up through a global pandemic. And not many of us can say that. In this episode, Bloom and I cover everything from her morning routine to how she deals with adversity to what it's like to bet on yourself in a brand new venture and absolutely crush it. Now, Bloom is just one of the amazing women which I have the pleasure of working with at NC Fit. And as many of you know, March is Women's Month. And at NC Fit, we are committed to our women continuing to make waves. So if you want to check out more of what Ariel and all of our amazing women are doing at NC Fit, please visit nc.fit on Instagram or visit us at nc.fit on the web and you'll find out about our women absolutely making waves and crushing it. Now, without further ado, grab a notebook, grab a chair, and let's learn a thing or two from Bloom. Let's go. Welcome back to the intro. I'm super excited today. I have my very good friend, my coworker, my peer, somebody who I look up to at NC Fit in so many ways. Ariel Bloom is on the show today. Ariel is one of the amazing females that we have at NC Fit. Super blessed to have worked with her over the course of the past three and a half years in a number of different ways. She's an absolute stud trainer on the floor. One of the better coaches that I've ever seen to go from a very technical class, but also bringing in a lot of really fun and exciting different ways and, te- and techniques when she's out there coaching. She works on our programming team and she's made a lot of different pivots and a different moves in her own personal journey here in health and wellness. And she's done something that I don't think a lot of us can say that we've done through the pandemic, which is really exploded her own personal income through a new venture that I'm really excited to chat with her about. So Ariel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. That was actually uh, not at all the intro I was expecting to get. And it was, I'm, <laughs> I'm literally blushing right now. So thank you for that. You're awesome. You, are, you really are. I think, um, you know, you're a really unique combination of somebody who has a really distinct personality, in particular, when you coach, you coach mm-hmm. in a way that is very different from how I coach, but I love your classes. I think you bring such personality, such life to them. And you're a really badass technical trainer as well. It's not like you're just going out there like a cheerleader type of coach and like (laughs) having a lot of fun and doing cartwheels and stuff like that. And there's males and females out there that do that, but you do it in a way where everybody has a great time and you're teaching them at such a high level and that's awesome stuff. So thank you. Welcome. Ariel, (laughs) I always love our conversations. We talk a lot in the professional setting. We talk a lot in the personal setting and our conversations go all different ways nutrition, health, wellness, fitness, relationships, habits, routines, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. What I wanted to kick off this conversation with is, you know, we're kind of coming off of, we're not kind of coming off, we're coming off of the new year here. And I know a lot of people are looking at routines and habits and maybe resolutions. And what are you doing as your morning routine to get your day going before we start talking about some of the other stuff that we're going to talk about? I truly think that your routine is kind of the thing that sets up the rest of your day. So this is something that I think is so perfect to talk about, especially going into a new year, like what we're in right now. Um, When you think about like your morning routine, it's essentially what's going to set you up 
on a high note for the rest of your day, right? So for me, it's been a lot of trial and error and it hasn't always looked the same, but currently because we're living in a smaller space, we're like, we're living in an RV, we have a little bit less leeway and kind of like what our routines look like. So Gabe and I, my husband, we've gotten pretty dialed into waking up around five, five forty-five, like in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from that time, we're like starting the day kind of right from there. So it's either, um, getting a little bit of movement in for me, it's going for a walk with our dog. I love starting my day with just 15, 20 minutes of a walk, getting fresh air. I usually don't even bring like headphones or anything. I try and keep it a little bit more mindful. And that for me just starts me off on the, I'm going to call it like the vibration that I want to be on for the rest of the day. So instead of starting my day being reactive to so many other different things that are happening, I'm starting my day with something that makes me feel set. And I feel really secure in the however I'm showing up, right? So if it's, um, if I want to start my day being peaceful and I want to bring that into my intention for the day, that's what I'm starting off with. And that's what Mm -hmm. I go into that walk with. Um, I may not start there at the very beginning of the day, but by the time I get back, I'm Mm -hmm. in it. Um, And it's the same with any other intention that I may set for the day, but that walk is super important for me. And then um, I'm sure you know this, but we do water with lemon and sea salt and then our coffee. And then we kind of get into, I like to journal in the morning before I open Mm -hmm. my emails, before I start anything else. Same reason. I just want to get into that intention for myself for the day. And then um, sometimes it's meditation. Sometimes I get right into work. If I have something that I'm like, oh, I really can't wait to work on this thing. Mm -hmm. That's what I dive into after that. Well, very cool. I think that that, you know, that kind of structure and habit and discipline to start your days off like that. I'm a big believer that more often than not, that's going to lead to a much more successful, less reactive, much more productive type of day. And I like this idea of this vibration thing that you talked about here, because let's look at the opposite side of the coin. Let's say you wake up and you hit the snooze alarm a whole bunch of times. And now all of a sudden you're behind the fucking eight ball before your even day got started. And the first Mm -hmm. thing you got to do when you wake up is you look at your phone and you look at your email, you look at a text, you look at uh, an Instagram post that you put up and somebody's calling you a shithead or whatever it is, like something that's going to set you off like a firework, right? A lot of times it's hard to bring you back down from that already elevated level of stress. And I love the way that you talked about doing this, hey, 5 a.m., 5.45, I'm up. And I'm able to now get out, start my day off that right vibration. Was this always a habit or routine for you? Were you always in that place or how did you get there? This was definitely not always the case for me. I've always been like an early riser. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely um, like early bird gets worm kind of person. But I will say that starting my day off, taking the time for myself instead of starting it off with like going right into work or right, like reaching immediately for my phone. Those things were a very new shift for me. And I realized that I had to make that change because I was not able to get into as effective of a workflow as I wanted to be in. Mm -hmm. So I had to kind of learn the hard way, almost like through the pandemic, essentially that I needed to find a better morning routine that worked for me specifically, because what I was doing was causing me to resent everything and not actually take care of my health. So Mm. 
that was literally just leading me to be less effective in everything else that I did. So that wasn't an option for me. So making this adjustment, making the changes to find a better routine was basically the only option. Yeah. Yeah. And I I love that you brought up, you know, the fact that we are going through a unique time in our lifetime and hopefully it's the only time in our lifetime that we go through something like this. Yeah. But if you, if you know that there is a stressful world out there and you're somebody who's waking up and you're not feeling like you're able to handle the already elevated level of stress, take some of Ariel's advice here. Look at how you're starting your day. And if you're not somebody who wakes up early, you don't have to wake up super early, but start your day off with some intention, a little bit less of the technology grab, a little bit less of going right to work. Maybe you start small, maybe it's five minutes, maybe it turns into something more exaggerated, but uh, I love that, Ariel. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, that's. I think that's just one of the really big shifts that I think we can all benefit from making, mm-hmm. right? Is this idea that putting yourself first is not selfish. It's actually the way that you're going to be most effective in whatever you're doing. So for me, that's, I need to be effective in how I show up as a leader, how I lead my clients, how I show up on social media, for example, like all of those things can't happen if I'm not taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking at it as a coach, if you're looking at it as a business owner, whatever you're looking as an athlete, as a parent, like you have to be taking care of your own health because what happens if, you crash and burn and now you can't take care of the other people around you. So it's just, it's more important than you feeling like it may feel selfish. Yeah, for sure. The knee jerk reaction for me, when I hear some stuff like that, and this is the knee jerk reaction. And when I'm telling myself this too, is that this is selfish. I can't take this time right now because I have more quote unquote important things to do. But like you said, what's more important than your own, mental, physical health, well-being, emotional well-being, all those things. And if that's out of whack, you're not giving the best version of yourself, whether it's to your partner, your company, your friends, your family, whatever. Yeah. And if you have real goals of making impact on people's lives, you can't, you literally can't make that impact if you're not your healthiest self. Mm, You're just not as effective as a person. For sure. Well, I want, I want to uh, dive into that a little bit because I know that you have real goals about impacting people's lives. And I think that there's a little bit of a danger in starting to tell people the middle of this story, kind of where you are right Mm -hmm. now, the middle slash beginning, because you are being very, very successful through an extremely challenging time in the health and wellness industry where you've done some amazing things. You've tripled your income that you were previously making as a coach, and you're now at the, the beginning of this new, very exciting journey with your company, Navigating Nutrition. I want to get there and I want to talk about what navigating nutrition does for uh, your clients and what it's doing for you. But tell us a little bit about the journey of how you got there, because I think there's probably a lot of coaches out there who, if you rewind two and a half years, three years, they might be in a similar situation that you were in. Let's hear about that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I went to school for originally physical therapy. Well, actually I should back up. I went to school for art and realized really quickly that it was not for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So then I quickly changed paths to physical therapy, got into school and realized that also wasn't for me. So I kind of was in this like little bit of a pattern where I kept trying to chase something that I thought was going to be the thing for me until I got there and realized I love like the information. I love learning it, but I don't want to apply it the same way. 
And so I finally, I finished school because I was like, I just got to do, I have to finish something. So I finished with a physical education degree, fully planning on being a teacher. Fast forward a little bit, I fell into functional fitness training. Mm -hmm. I started coaching CrossFit and that was my, my dream was like, I get to work with all ages. I was running um, youth development programs. I was teaching full time. And I didn't see a way to do that where I lived on Long Island. So I moved myself to California um, alone. I had no money. <laughs> and I just was like, you know what? It's going to work because I don't have another option. Like, I don't have another way to do this. I didn't. I worked at a physical therapy office. I hated it. Um, I loved them, but I just didn't like the work. So when I moved, I decided, all right, I'm going to make this work however that needs to look for me. So I started with front desk hours at the gym that I was coaching at in San Diego and slowly went through their uh, coaching internship. I had been coaching already at that point for two years. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I didn't have experience coaching, yeah. but it was the only way to, it was the only like shoe in that I could get to coach at this gym. And yeah. I really wanted to coach at this gym. It was Can like I my interrupt dream. you for a second. Because yeah. I think that that is super powerful. That's not a move that a lot of people would make. First of all, let's yeah. take the move out of the country, out of the equation, because I think that that, that would scare people, whether or not it's a move to the next yeah. <laughs> fucking town or the next state, the move across the country is a huge leap. Yeah. But the fact that you had the humility and the, the wherewithal to be like, listen, I got to check my ego and I'm going to take whatever is available. That's also, I think, something that not a lot of us would have the courage to do. So I want to commend you on that. And now you're, you. you're front desk in this gym in San Diego. You've eventually yeah. gotten to their intern program. What came next? Yeah. So I was working there. I was also nannying um, full time. Wow. So I was working for a family and because this was the only way that I saw that I could make it work to live where I wanted to live, coach at this gym. I, I had so much faith in the fact that it was going to work out that, um, I kind of took whatever options there were because I was like, all right, this is going to lead me somewhere. Like I know it's going to lead me somewhere. So fast forward a little bit, it wasn't going at the speed that I wanted it to go. I felt like a little bit of panic kind of coming in. It mm. was about like 10 months in, I was slowly starting to pick up hours, slowly starting to coach. Um, and then this really awesome opportunity presented itself to move up to Northern California um, into Marin County. So I moved, this is when I moved in with Gabe mm. and I started coaching full-time at a gym up in Marin. And that's also where I started teaching physical education which was already like, that was my plan originally, right? Mm -hmm. Like I was going to be a teacher and um, then I kind of fell into coaching CrossFit. Mm -hmm. So both of those things happened at the same time where I got a full-time job and I was able to coach, uh, to teach phys ed part-time. Mm -hmm. So it was great. It was a win-win for me um, until I realized that I didn't love teaching. <laughs> I actually really hated it. <laughs> Um, I love those kids so much, but just the way, like the structure in a school system, I didn't have the, I didn't have the freedom to make what I wanted it to look like. Mm. Can and, I ask you something about, about yeah. that? So, yeah. you know, now you're 10 months into this kind of journey across the country. Did mm -hmm. you at any point have self-doubt about whether or not you had made the right decision? 
Yeah. I had to ask. Okay. So a little bit of like a pause and a rewind. Mm -hmm. When I was living in San Diego, I had to constantly be asking my mom to help me pay my rent. I had no money. And then my grandma passed away and left me some money. And I like spent through all of it. I had no ability to save because I was just constantly like trying to keep up with it. And when that hit me that that was what was happening, I was like, I literally don't know how much more faith I can have in the fact that this is going to work out Mm. because at this point, like it was genuinely, and I, I do gloss over that. Sometimes I kind of forget conveniently forget about it, but it was a scary time for me because it was one of those things where like I put everything out there to make this work and I didn't know if it was going to happen. And I had to literally just like continue having faith in the fact that it would work out. Well, what, what kept you going? What was the driving force there? Because a lot of people would quit. A lot of people would look at, I can't pay my fucking rent. I just blew through this inheritance that I had. (laughs) What am I doing out here? I can go live at home. I can go cross coach CrossFit at wherever on Long Island. What kept you going? I just saw the difference that we were making. Mm. Like I saw the people come in because at that point I was teaching the foundations classes. So the people that just sign up, that are learning everything for the first time. And I saw the shift in their mindset, how they carried themselves, the value shift in what was important when they first came in to what was important when they got through the program, like all of those things. I'm literally getting chills now thinking about it because that was, it was a non-negotiable that I was going to keep going. It just was, it was getting hard for me to Mm. keep pushing through this. Um, And admittedly, like I had a little bit of trying to force the universe to give me something, you know, like I, I, so this is one of my favorite quotes. Um, it's a Steve jobs quote. You can't connect the the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. Mm. And now looking back, it made so much sense that things didn't work out the way that I wanted them to, because they worked out better, but, but at the time it was hard and it was definitely fucking terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. That's a, um, that's a perspective that's really hard to take in the moment. Yes. To look at your situation where you might feel like you've been dealt a shit hand and realize that you at some point will be able to connect these dots together and look at your current situation and go, it was all worth it. And I struggle with that mightily in my own journey, you know, looking at what could have been for me with law school and big New York yeah. firm and, you know, having my friends and family question every move that I made over the past 12 years. And, you know, I know that that's not so dissimilar from what you just described and also probably not so dissimilar to what a lot of other people out there are thinking and feeling, but I want yeah. to commend you because you've, you obviously had such a tremendous impact on the people you worked with and your passion drove you forward. And now I think you're at a point where you might be coming to cross paths with NC fit. Yeah. This is literally when that happens. How did that Mm -hmm. all occur? Um, So I had this like bone shattering moment where I realized that I wasn't going to be a teacher because I hated it. And um, looking back now, it makes so much sense because it wasn't meant for me. That wasn't the path that I was meant to go on. Um, And as soon as I put in my, my notice that I was no longer going to be teaching for the next year. Um, I got through that school year. I said, you know what? I love you guys. I'm not coming back. 
And this opportunity with NC Fit popped up in San Francisco. So not at one of the commercial gyms. It was at a corporate location mm-hmm. in San Francisco. It hadn't even been built yet. It was originally like a different fitness center. Yeah. So it didn't even look like a CrossFit gym at that point. And Another it was a leap of faith. Literally, that's all it was. I was yeah. like, you know what? This has so much potential to be something so cool. And truthfully for me, it was never about it being CrossFit. It just had to be it had to be something that was going to be able to change people's lives. Mm. I didn't care if it looked like a CrossFit gym. I didn't care if it smelled or sounded like one. I was going to make it what I felt a CrossFit gym was. And that was just a community of people that were ready to change their lives in some way, shape or form. And that's like a very big, right? Very big mission. It wasn't necessarily that. That's not what I told a lot of people that came in, but (laughs) For me, it was like, you're going to come in here. You're going to have fun. You're going to continue to come back because you're having fun. And that's going to change your life because you've never worked out this consistently before ever. Yeah, I I think that's really cool. I mean, I I know this portion of your life a little bit more intimately because I was involved in that process. And, you know, I agree with you when I'm coaching class and when I'm looking at my athletes or I'm looking to build something with athletes, I'm looking at a feeling more than I'm looking at an end result. I want them to be bought into that feeling. And what I can tell you and what I can tell the listeners, and if I haven't told you this, I'm remiss in not telling you it, is that when you joined NC Fit, not only did you have a tremendous impact on the members up at LDAC, you had a tremendous impact across the entire organization with the absolute breath of life that you breathe into what you do on a day-to-day basis with your team members, with our athletes, with the members, with me, with everybody else in the organization. And you really blew the door off the hinges in a lot of ways at NC Fit and catapulted yourself into a full-time training role with us. You know, you moved into a position where you took more of a leadership role on the programming team and the amazing work that you did there. And at some point in this journey, there's this other kind of fork in the road where you and Gabe hopped into an Airstream trailer and decided that this is a great time to, to tour the country through a pandemic. But I want to now kind of pick up like, (laughs) I want to pick up where you're looking at your coaching career and saying, I don't want to put words in your mouth. What, at what point did you realize that there was going to be another shift for you kind of in the middle of NC fit? So this was kind of not even this, that wasn't initially my, my goal Mm -hmm. in, in this. Um, I started nutrition coaching because at the other gym I was working at, I just saw that people needed more support Mm. and that to me was something that I've always been really passionate about. I was always really interested in nutrition and truthfully, like as a female athlete coming into the space, all I knew, especially when I started, which was like 2013, there was no information for women about how to fuel your body in exercise, except how to lose, how to lose weight. Mm. And that's not like, I was not interested in that. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to lose weight. I wanted to figure out how to be stronger, how to be healthier, how to move better, how to like be better at the sport of CrossFit. Like I wanted all of that Mm -hmm. and I didn't find information there. So I started to do the research on myself and I started to really work and learn that because I figured that if it was, if it was something that I was interested in learning other people probably had the same questions and we just weren't getting the answers we wanted. 
So I started nutrition coaching because I saw that kind of like void to fill. And I saw that I could help people. And I saw the shift in myself when I started to focus on making myself stronger rather than trying to shrink my body. I saw the confidence shift that I had and Mm -hmm. I wanted other people to have that too. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And that was the big, um, like deciding factor of like, okay, I'm going to start nutrition coaching. And I started it with one person. Um, I coached this one woman. She was amazing. Her name's Susan. I will forever be grateful for her because she put all of her trust in me. I was literally like so green with nutrition coaching, but she was great. And I, I coached her, like I coached the hell out of her. (laughs) So I spent every week with her. We went and got coffee every week. It was a whole thing. And fast forward a little bit into kind of when we're deciding we're going to move to San Diego. This was when like the HQ office was moving. So it was really exciting. Mm. I actually remember sitting in the conference room with you crying because I didn't understand why I couldn't have a job that was like, and it was one of the HQ jobs. I I can't even remember what it is now because it's not even important, but HQ was hiring someone in San Diego. And I was so upset because I wasn't being considered for this position. And I remember sitting in the conference room crying to you and you saying like, you got to fucking figure it out. Like you're going to be fine. You get to decide what you want to do. And when you said that at the time, it felt really, really heavy because I was like, well, I know that I could do this thing. Like, why can't you just hire me for it? And you can't connect the dots looking forward, but you can connect them looking back. And it made so much sense now that I wasn't going to have that role because that wasn't where my path was going. Mm, mm. And when we keep going, well, when we moved, (laughs) oh my God, you go ahead. I, first of all, I want to just say, um, uh, there's a couple of things I want to ask you about, but I remember that meeting and I remember the role. And I don't remember the title of the role, but I remember it not being for you. And, you know, I, my style sometimes can be a little bit straight up. Like I'm, I'm not going to try to dance around whether or not I think that I have to let you down easy or uh, anything like that. But what I always believed in you is that you have amazing things that you're going to be able to offer anybody at any time, anywhere. And that was, I think, the core message of our conversation is that no matter where you guys end up, you're going to be successful and we'll continue to try to find roles that are a better fit. But this one's not it. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about your core nutrition philosophy, though, because, you know, when you started out coaching this woman and you looked at the space and you said, hey, listen, there's there's no coaching for women who want to just not lose weight. I want to like feel confident. I want to be strong. What is the core nutrition philosophy wrapped up in that? You don't have to go super deep into it, but what is it? Um, so, oops, I don't know what that was. So, um, the philosophy has definitely shifted as I've grown and like evolved as a coach and as a human, but what it's changed into now is that it's not just about your food. Mm. It's about every part of your life. So I talk about the four pillars of health. That's like kind of my thing now. And it's looking at your sleep, your movement, your hydration, and then your food. Gotcha. Because all of these things go in, they, 
they play a huge role in how you show up in your life. Mm -hmm. So it can be, are you getting enough sleep is usually like the root cause of whether or not you are fueling yourself appropriately, or if you're able to handle any other stress in your life. And then there's this overarching theme. I call it the roof of the pillars is your mindset. How are you either responding to your environment or how are you choosing to show up for yourself? Hmm. And so that those four things, so your four pillars plus that mindset piece, that's really what my nutrition coaching is. And it's so funny now that I look at it that way, because when I started, it was like, well, are you counting your macros? Like Hmm. how much protein are you eating? And truthfully, that is super important, but it doesn't mean shit if you're not sleeping or if you have a terrible relationship with your body, or if you are not drinking any water throughout the day, because all of it is important. Yeah. Awesome. No, that's, yeah. I, I love that approach. I love holistic. I love the fact that it's not just, Hey, let's talk about this number that's on the food scale in front of you at every single meal. And you as a person, you embody that holistic message, which is really cool. And you've gone on a little bit of a journey through this yourself, you know, figuring it out some of the stuff that we discussed, but also some of the stuff that I know about you. And I want to kind of get to where you're at in starting this new venture. You know, you now hopped into an Airstream with Gabe. You've got (laughs) got some experience coaching, you know, nutrition one-on-one. You're looking at your coaching career and you're going, I need to figure it out. What Mm -hmm. happened? So initially, um, we moved down to San Diego with the intention of me taking a full-time role with LA fitness through NC fit. It was like a partnership. We were going to run classes through their gyms and in case anybody missed it, everything shut down. (laughs) So that project stopped there. It was on a halt. And so I was working part-time in the HQ office, just doing the roles that I had already been doing for the company. Mm -hmm. Um, but literally it was like five to 10 hours a week of work. And I am a very type A person. I need to have things to do. So you can only take the dog to the dog beach so many times in a day before it starts to get a little bit repetitive. Um, so I started to look at, and at this point I had been coaching nutrition coaching for a year and I had four or five clients. Mm -hmm. So for the entire year, I had only taken on four or five clients. Um, and I was really struggling to grow that. I had no idea what to do. It didn't seem like I could take on more because I didn't really understand. I didn't understand what I was doing at that point. Like I really didn't get why I was continuing to coach these people because I'd given them a lot of the resources and it didn't feel like they were making a change or it wasn't uh, sticking necessarily. That's another kind of point in this whole journey. That's really interesting to me because there's a lot of self doubt that I have in my abilities sometimes when I'm working with, whether it's athletes or coaches, or if I'm having a conversation with an employee that I sometimes I'm doubting the things that I'm doing and saying, I'm like, dude, what, like, what's going on? You're not, are you not getting through? Are you not having an impact? Mm -hmm. Do you even know what you're, you're saying at this point? What was, what was your mindset like at that point when you looked at your client list, you go, I got five clients. They're not really progressing the way that I want to progress. My business is a little bit stalled out. What were you thinking? Um, I had known that 
I knew that what we were doing and what we were working on was eventually going to help. Mm. Um, and my clients were completely bought in. Like they were on the ride with me. They knew that they were going to be with me for a specific amount of time. And I think part of it was also that it was that they knew they had me for the year. And so they weren't really, there was no sense of urgency to create any change in their lives because Mm. they also didn't really feel like there was anything to change at that point. Um, and so that was a big realization for me as a coach to understand like, Hey, I'm not, I may be handholding a little bit too much. Like I'm, I may be making it seem like not as much of a big deal for them to change these habits because I don't want them to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And I had to kind of sit with the fact that actually making change in your life is uncomfortable and it's okay to be uncomfortable. And I think that was one thing, like I was trying to make it too cushy for them at the beginning. Um, And truthfully, like it was not something that I was ready to necessarily make a huge overhaul in until a little bit later in the year. But Mm -hmm. it was something that I started to realize was an issue. Like I am not progressing because I'm not making anyone uncomfortable. I'm not taking the coaching that I know how to do from being a coach for five years at this point, actually seven years at this point when I started to realize this. And just because it's not nutrition coaching doesn't mean that that, that skill didn't carry over, mm. right? Like I know in coaching someone on a very technical movement, there's a fine line of giving them the feedback that's going to make them feel good and giving them the feedback that's going to inhibit in uh, kind of like pull out some sort of change for them. Mm. And I wanted to pull the change out. I really, really wanted it. Um, so I had to be okay with being a little bit more uncomfortable and saying yeah. like, this is coming from a place of love. And I truly believe that when you come with that intention, like this is coming from a place of love for me all the time, whenever I give somebody feedback. And I think that is probably the biggest differentiator is just that when I'm giving people feedback, they know because I'm this that's one of my really important like core values is that it comes from a place of love Mm -hmm. but it's honest yes and it can sometimes be uncomfortable yes and it's mostly uncomfortable for me yes how but how so i I, i'm i'm with you step by step on this and i i agree with how the feedback for your athletes and how you know it can feel uncomfortable for you in delivering that what about getting uncomfortable within your own skills and Mm. what what was that journey like because where you are right now is vastly different from where you were at with your five nutrition clients and making this decision that hey i got to give these guys feedback and get a little uncomfortable but Mm -hmm. what were there any changes that happened inside you and skills that developed in you that you pushed yourself to get uncomfortable with Yeah. Part of it was at that point, part of it was just like, I wasn't confident that I could make the change for them, even though I had the proof, like I had already helped them make big adjustments in their lives. They were already becoming healthier people. I just didn't have the confidence to go out there essentially. So I was basically a self-fulfilling prophecy because I said like, I don't have the confidence to take more people on and I didn't take more people on. So I never was getting more clients because I, I wasn't confident in my ability to take on more people, take on people that I didn't know as well. Um, so when everything shut down and I realized that I probably wasn't going to have a full-time job anytime soon, 
I, I actually didn't even come up with this idea. Gabe came up with this idea to hire a business coach because I knew that this was something that could make a really big impact in people's lives. And I wasn't ready to throw it in the, throw in the towel for it. And I knew that I didn't have anything else to do. So why not? So I started working with a business coach. I went through a course and it was a three month course. And in that I learned how to build a course myself, Mm -hmm. how to market it, how to get on calls with people and be uncomfortable, but also how to, I, I didn't learn how to, but I gained the confidence through this process of getting on the phone with people and explaining to them what I do and welcoming them to be a part of it. And if they say no, that's great. And if they say yes, that's also amazing. And that was like one of the biggest things for me, because if you think about sales calls, we in a, in our industry, I feel like it's just such a dirty word to like get on a sales call. Mm. Yeah. To like sell yourself. And one thing that helped me, I think, make this, this shift is if you had the cure for cancer and you didn't tell anyone about it because you didn't want to sound salesy, is that helping anyone? No, it's not. Mm. And we have the fucking cure for a lot of disease right now. Mm. And if we're not talking about it, that is not on us. Like that's not something that's just hurting us. That's hurting our entire world. For sure. For sure. I, I agree with you. And, you know, not even uh, in particular with nutrition, but also wellness, community, fitness. Yeah. You, we as coaches within this realm have a cure for chronic loneliness, depression, anxiety, lack of connection, any sort of fitness, wellness, health goals that you might have. Obviously, there's things that exist outside of that that you need to consult doctors, psychiatrists, really trained professionals in those realms about, but there is so much great work to be done and so much value out there that we, you can also go out there and be about and really enlist people into and get them to believe in themselves. And I want to, I want to highlight one thing because you glazed over it a little bit, but I think this is an important part of the story. The business course that you took was not like some batch back of the matchbook type of business course. Like this was a legit three month business course. That was a legit spend for you. And I know that it was talk- a huge, yeah, it was huge. It was scary. We just, so Gabe and I had just had our engagement party. Um, we had a lot of gift money from it and I literally, I tear up about this a lot of the time because I can't think of, a more perfect depiction of who he is, but he told me to take it and to, to use that money to invest in a business coach. And if that's not a true test of faith right there, like, I don't know what is. Mm. And so for me to do that and take that investment, I had to make it work for sure. And um, so that was, it was really, it was definitely a turning point for me because it was not only the fact that like, okay, now, I just took all of this money that we could have used to put down for a house eventually. Like I just took that and invested it in myself to be a business coach. So if I'm investing in myself, I have to show the fuck up. Mm. And I love this idea of investing for where you want to be versus where you are Mm. because where I was 
I would never have invested. I wouldn't have invested a thousand dollars in myself. And I invested 5,000 and a lot of money. It's a, that's a shit ton of money coming from someone who has been like, I have always, um, okay. So previously, because now this is not the case, but I've always had a terrible relationship with money. I have feared it. I have kind of resented it. And for me to look at a course and say, I'm worth that was really hard. So I have my own hangups with money in regards Mm -hmm. to value and self-worth and the spend that I put into my law school education and those types of things. But I want to ask you, what, what was the, what's the root of that? Where did that come from? Because that's, that's something that I think a lot of people, and maybe I'm making an assumption here, but maybe a lot of people in our space, they go, I am only making X and Mm -hmm. that somewhat defines for coaches out there, their self-worth. Yeah. And how did you untangle some of that? It's a, it's kind of a twofold process because it's understanding where the story comes from, Mm. but it's also understanding what the story is. So for me, a big part of it was like, I didn't believe I deserved that money because I didn't work for it. So to me, Mm. investing that money was really, really scary because it wasn't even mine to begin with. And then being open to making more money by way of charging more money, right? Like taking in more, I had to really get comfortable with this idea that my experience, my education, the life experience that I've had, the shifts that I've made in my own life all equaled more money for me. Mm. And a big thing that um, I've also learned and loved this year is this idea that money is an exchange of energy. I've so heard you if say you're, that a bunch of times, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's such a powerful way to look at it because if you think about everything we do is an exchange of energy, we're literally just balls of energy walking around all the time. And we're either like super low energy, super low vibe, or we're super high energy, super high vibe. When you see somebody that walks into a room and they're feeling themselves, like, you know, because mm-hmm they've, their energy field is huge. And this is like a little bit woo woo, but I had <laughs> promise going. I'm coming to a point. I promise. Keep going. Um, money. You think about this. If you think about it the same way, your money is an exchange of your energy. Have you ever invested in something and been so fucking excited about it? It's because you were really vibrating at the same frequency as the energy that you are exchanging with somebody. Mm. People invest in themselves and they feel instantly really, really good or really excited, or they have a pit in their stomach because that exchange of energy, you know, something's coming back to you for it. Mm. So I had to get really, part of it was I had to get confident in my ability to make change for mm-hmm. somebody or to help them make change. Cause I really can't make it for anyone. Right. But I had to get really confident in that ability. And I also had to sit and acknowledge myself for the work that I've put in to my life the past, Mm -hmm. at this point, it's been 10 years. Yeah. So it's not about, it doesn't, time doesn't equal money. Like we have to stop this idea, especially in the health and wellness industry, like we have to stop trading our time for money because it's not just your time. It's your experience. It's your energy. 
It's the education that you have. All of that plays into who you are now. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, for you, even specifically going into law school, you have acquired such insane skills that other people don't have because they didn't go on the same path as you. Mm. So what you bring to your job and your roles is insanely different than somebody else that may have maybe in a similar position at a similar company. Like, and this is something that's so cool. And I get so fired up about thinking about and talking about, because I look at all of the coaches that I've worked with at NC fit Mm -hmm. even, and all of them are so different and such amazing people. Mm -hmm. And they bring such different energy when they coach, when they work with people, even when they're just like working out next to you. Yeah. And if you stop looking at it as, well, this is just what I make. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I think that that's a, uh, that's the key to unlocking not only more financial success and fulfillment, but just more fulfillment in what you do on a, on a day-to-day basis. For sure. And, you know, I think a lot of people, myself included, look at the money that we make and, you know, you might go, I'm not happy with that, but are you not happy with that? Or are you not happy with, are you not happy with how you're earning it and the passion that you're putting into to get there? And there's a bit of a difference between like the number on paper and, and fulfillment, you know, and I, yeah. I agree with you. Like you have to, you have to really believe in yourself and you have to be fulfilled and you have to be happy. And when you do those things, not only will you start to earn more and grow more, but the, the numbers matter less to you. And it's like, that's like a, a, a great equation for happiness is that now mm-hmm. the problem is being solved you're making more money, but you're less worried about making more money because you're really truly fulfilled. And yeah, you you know, Ariel, one of the things that you're very busy lady, and I want to make sure I'm respecting (laughs) your time here, but one of the things that I want to kind of highlight about this whole journey since starting, you know, back when you moved from Long Island out to California on a, a hope and a prayer is that this was not like a super smooth, journey. Like this was, (laughs) no, there was turbulence on this bitch. Like they're like, this ride was bumpy. And, you know, you have now worked yourself to a point and gotten yourself to a point and nobody has done that work, but you, where you're experiencing a lot of really great success with your company. And that was the danger of starting this conversation off with, I'm tripling my income through the pandemic, because that's just the tip of the iceberg. Nobody has, nobody else is seeing what's below the water there. Right. Tell us a little bit about some of the success and some of the, the things that you're doing through Navigating Nutrition now, your company that yeah. is, is doing very well. Yeah. Um, so it started with this course. Mm-hmm. Um, I had already had one-on-one clients and um, the rate that I was that they were investing in the very beginning of, of 2020 um, is very drastically different than the rate that my clients now are investing, uh, because I've also started since then in a nutritional therapy course. So now I am also bringing more education in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also just gained a lot more confidence in my ability to make change for people. Mm-hmm. So it started off with my one-on-one clients that are still, I'm still working with some of them, actually none of the same people that I was working with at the beginning of the year. That was a really big shift this year wow. for me. 
Um, and I've also run in 2020, I ran it three times, my um, navigating nutrition course, and it's a 12 week course. It was for women only. And it focused predominantly on teaching you the tools so that you didn't need a coach Mm -hmm. at the end of it. It started off and even the course itself changed because I changed um, in my ability, my confidence to speak to certain things, but it started off mostly as a nutrition information and tools course Mm -hmm. and has since evolved into a full like lifestyle overhaul, including your mindset, how you're showing up for yourself. So that was really my bread and butter of 2020. And in 2021, it's actually shifting and navigating nutrition is now growing into becoming a course for not just women, because my mission in life is to empower leaders. Mm. I want, and this is the thing, like you are a leader. If you're the leader of yourself, the leader of your household, the leader of a company, if you're just starting a company, you're ability to lead is directly related to the ability that you have to take care of yourself. So navigating nutrition is now growing and developing and pivoting into coaching leaders and teaching them the tools to be able to keep their health in check, to be the best at whatever it is that they do. That's fantastic. I'm really, really, I'm really, really proud of you. That's awesome. Thanks. That's that's amazing stuff. And you've earned every single bit of success that you're having. And one of the things that's really um, apparent to me is that you're somebody who's never, you're never stuck. You might have felt stuck back in your journey at different points, but you as, I'm going to use this woo-woo, foo-foo kind of term here. <laughs> I love it. A ball of energy. You're just never stuck. Like even, even this is the cool part about what you've just experienced with, you were having success working with women and you were having success with this 12 week course and you could have just kept that going and rolled it over and over and over again. But you're looking at your life and your impact in a really dynamic way. Mm -hmm. What's your encouragement to other coaches out there who might have this spark in their head or might be questioning like, do I really have it in me? What would you Mm. say to those people? I love that question. I actually just saw this. um, Maybe it was on a meme the other day, but I loved it. And it was this idea of, okay, look at your life a few years from now, having taken this leap, having tried this thing out. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't work out, where are you? Are you back where you started? Are you just a little bit further down the road? Like, do you have to go back to whatever your job was right now? And now look at what happens if it does work out? Like your life does not change very, very drastically. If it doesn't work out, you can always go back to what you were doing, but if it does work out, think of the, like that to me is unfathomable. Mm. If it works out for you, imagine where you, like I was crying in the conference room to you a year ago, literally to this day, almost a year ago. About a year. Yeah. Like if it didn't work out, I would have just still been in a similar position. It wasn't going to be that big of a deal. Mm. But the fact that it did work out and that's not luck, right? Like I did work really hard. I'm not going to put that down. And 
the fact that it worked out, I'm literally pinching myself every day because I love what I do and I love the people I work with and the people I get to talk to. That's really cool. That's really cool. I, I, um, I think a lot of people are crippled by fear and, you know, at different times in my life, myself included, and the tendency to look at an opportunity and go, well, what happens if I fail? You know, that's a really easy thing to say to yourself, but not a whole lot of people go in a realistic sense, what happens if I'm successful? You know, I think that there's another side of this whole spectrum where a lot of people might be big dreamers and not saying dash your dreams, but, you know, have a realistic understanding of the risks, what's the work going to be involved. And if you understand that, what does happen if you're successful? And what's the worst thing that's going to happen if you put the work in and you're unsuccessful? Yeah. And this is the thing too, is like, this life is not for everybody. And that's also okay. Mm, Like you don't have to want to have your own business. I just noticed in my own life, the pattern of every time I tried to be in a role in a professional business role, it didn't feel right to me. Mm. I didn't want to be a teacher. I didn't want to follow the rules. I didn't want to be a physical therapist because I didn't want to follow the rules. I didn't I didn't even really want to be like a full-time coach because I didn't want to follow the rules. And I was really, I'm really good at following the rules. That's the thing is it's not that I'm like a rebel by any sense. It just didn't sit well all the time. Yeah. Well, you're, you're a very free, you're a free thinker and you're somebody who is an idea generator and you have a lot of energy and I have that aspect of my personality as well. Yes. And I'm, I'm able to kind of toggle that on and off a little bit. But the thing that about you is sometimes I feel like if you're, if a personality like you gets put into a role that has specific like guardrails around it, that role is going to become confining and yeah. you're going to end up being stifled and your amazing energy and talent although it's being expressed in a way that's adding a lot of value to what you're doing, it's not allowed or it's not able to really grow outside of those bounds. And sometimes what you need to do is you need to go, I can do this really well and I'm great at it and I'm having success, but I also know that there's something more for me and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm incredibly proud of the work that you've done on yourself, your business, the things that you've done for NC Fit and the things that you've done personally. And I think that that's a really amazing lesson out there. Don't stifle that creativity, feed into it. Yeah. And that's the thing is I think that everybody has some form of creativity. It may look different. Like, Mm. yeah, I'm an idea person. I am not a follow through person necessarily. I'm working on that because now I have ideas that I need to follow through on. Yeah. But like there, there's creativity in all different ways. Maybe your creativity is like finding a new way to teach something or, or building something new, you know, like it looks different learning a new dance. Like how many TikTok dances are there now? There are so many different ways to express creativity that it doesn't have to look the same for everybody and it won't. And that's Mm. the beautiful thing about it. And when you tap into your creativity, it gives you so much space to grow Mm. and it gives you so much more freedom in your life because now you're, instead of vibrating at this like lower frequency because you're confined to that box, your energy is, is expanding and Mm. it's, 
it's kind of woo woo, but it's also scientific. Like we are literally made up of energy. That's yeah. all we are. So yeah. it's a cool concept. Yeah, it's definitely cool. And you know, I, I don't, what I, what I want to caution some coaches out there is that if you're in a job right now and you look at it and you go, Hey, listen, I'm, I have a lot of ideas and, you know, I have a lot of things that I can offer into the business. And, you know, I'm, I'm not kind of feeling that I'm able to do that right now. That might also not be necessarily the fault of anybody in the equation. It might not be the fault of the individual in the role. It might not be the fault of the business because the business has a responsibility to the business, the employees, obviously the members, and it might not just be the time or place to really implement some of those things. And that's okay. That's okay. It might be something that comes into the realm of possibility down the road. It might never, but then the person who's in the role and coaches out there, you have a responsibility to yourself as well that, Hey, if you, if you really believe in this thing, if you really want to make this thing happen, you might have to step outside of those bounds. And maybe it's not leaving your job or leaving those things. Maybe it's figuring out a way to have, do it on the side and then turn it into something bigger and better, mm-hmm. but it's not. I'm right. You're wrong. This business sucks. I'm right. I need to do my own thing. It's, it just is kind of what it is sometimes. And, you know, for you, I couldn't be happier for you. And I know that right now you're just at the beginning of this new journey and you're a leader in the space. And I was super excited to talk to you today, Ariel. And uh, I hope that you'll be back on the show in a little bit and we can talk more about this evolution of navigating nutrition. Oh, heck yeah. I'm so here for it. Tell us where they can find, uh, listeners can find out more about you and your company, Navigating Nutrition. Um, okay. So truthfully, I am a really big fan of Instagram. I do mm. a lot of my business on there. <laughs> so that's the best place to find me. I like to keep it really simple. You can cool. find me at Ariel underscore Bloom. And that's literally the best place to go for all information. Very cool. Well, Ariel, yeah. I appreciate you sharing your time with me this morning. Hope you of have a course. wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Yeah. See you, Ariel. All right. Bye, MDB. Bye.